All right, and welcome in to the Oklahoma Sports Podcast. We are calling ourselves the little podcast on the prairie still. I am Jared, and Chase is sitting across the room from me. What's up, Chase? What's good, J-Mac? I'm chilling hard. We had a great weekend, really as good as it gets for OU fans. I'm sitting here thinking about Tua Tagovailoa having an awful game for Bama, Kyler Murray having an amazing game for the Sooners, and the Sooners falling the playoff. Yeah, it was great. I was a little worried at the beginning of the Georgia-Alabama game, I can't lie. But, you know, Jalen Hurts finally had his Heisman moment. I'm really happy. Yeah, vote Jalen Hurts for Heisman. Don't don't vote that old Tua guy. He's no good anyways. <laughs> we don't believe in him. But let's talk about OU uh, Texas real fast. The Big 12 championship as Coach Riley built it. I actually like that. Let's hit on that real quick. I didn't have that written down, but let's talk about it. So one thing uh, Coach Riley told the team before the game started is, don't think about this as OU Texas. Think about it as the Big 12 championship. And I love that, and it's it's because that's a place that OU's been a lot of times, and maybe they're a little bit more comfortable in, let's play for a championship, let's don't worry about throwing the horns down every play, let's don't worry, we'll do that after the after the fact, but let, right now we'll play for a Big 12 championship. Yeah, and quite honestly, in rivalry games, if you think of it in that way, that's when a lot of the underdogs end up winning the game, when it's this rivalry back mm-hmm. and forth, there's a lot of emotion yep. involved. In a lot of these championship games, conference-wise, it's normally the top dog, whoever's higher ranked, If it's especially in a matchup like this, they're normally going to win the game and take care of business and go on because they've got a lot more to play for. Yeah, I think you make a great point. The Sooners winning 39-27, to one of the best defensive performances all season for the Sooners. And, and I think you're right. I think the fact that OU didn't let this turn into a rivalry game, they didn't let those little pesky Brennan Hagar guys, Brecken Hagar, pull on their face mask and and get into a fight they let them pull on their face mask let them call the penalty on texas let's move on to the next play and you saw that time after time uh they tried to get it guys that they thought were hot-headed from ou and and they stayed calm all all game the only personal foul i believe that ou had was on the grant calcaterra spike at the end of the game where he caught the game when it well it was the the game ceiling touchdown no the second the second second half Yeah, the last touchdown of the game yeah. when when Grant Calcaterra threw, you know, got the one-handed catch that was amazing, and then spiked it at the end. That's the only personal foul that I can remember of o- OU having. So they really had the they were really the much more disciplined team in this game, and it it helped them out big time. I think it's an underrated fact. We're not going to talk about that a whole lot, I'm sure, but uh, uh, not committing penalties was huge for OU. They didn't bail Texas out of a bunch of third and longs because of penalties. No, and you know, to put that in perspective, OU had five penalties for, I believe, 60 yards, and Texas ended up with 13 for 128. Yep. And so you could tell that OU coming in, you know, was the more disciplined team, the more level-headed team, and and the team that, that really attacked where they thought they could and and, and were able to to take advantage of of these these weak defenders on the outside. We'll get into that with the with the safety Boyd who was just targeted. It seemed like every time that they were in man-to-man. If he was on CD, they were going straight at him. If he was on, uh, if he was on Hollywood, they were going straight at him. It was like Kyler looked for 19 running backward down the field and tried to attack him. Yeah, yeah. Boyd, Boyd is number two. He's the freshman guy, but but number 19, was, the other safety, they also targeted him a whole lot, and I, I loved that. I agree with that. They could see those guys that moment. I think he's just a sophomore. I can't remember his name off the top, but he's a young guy as well. And he's just he's just too big and and clunky to play that position in the Big 12. Quite quite frankly. And OU saw that on film and went right at him all game. Every time they got a fast guy on him, he just got nervous and grabbed. And there were several calls. He had one on tees that would have been a touchdown where he just grabbed tees for a second, slowed him down, and it was a call. On on camera, it doesn't look that bad, but when you think about the throw from Kyler was perfect. If he's not held just a little bit, then that's a touchdown. So 
he smartly grabbed a few times and did things like that but oh you did an amazing job of just targeting those guys that were shook another guy that was shook is breck uh, brecken hagar we're gonna talk about him later that guy deleted his account it was a great day so we'll talk about that later but yeah i mean one of the bigger defensive days for for ou but we do sh- we should give some credit to uh, texas's defense for forcing ou into several field goals in that game and even causing a turnover in the red zone cd lamb going down the field made a couple sick cutbacks looked like he might score and I think he thought he was going to score and got a little loose with the ball, got hit from behind and fumbled probably on the 10-yard line. Yep. Two plays later is when uh, Trey Brown got that safety. And yeah, that, 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 that was such a giant momentum-swinging play. In this game, there were so many of those moments. OU goes up 20-13 to 13 to go to the half, come out of halftime, get the ball, go score 27-13. to 13. You're thinking, okay. And then Texas comes right down the field and scores twice. Yeah. And, and they miss the extra point, tie it 27-27. And you're like, man – OU comes down, kicks a field goal. Uh, they look like they're going to score another touchdown. And, you know, the ball was stripped. And then that safety happens. And all of a sudden, it's 32-27. And OU's getting the ball back. And you're like, I just, I could just feel it. I don't yeah. know about you. I oh, could yeah. just feel that OU was going go to go down the field and score again. Yeah, no, no, I completely agree. The safety, I mean, that's easily the biggest play of the game, without question. And you would have thought that that would have been the opposite if you looked two plays before. With the fumble from CD, it was like that swung the momentum. And then Ruffin with a great call for a corner blitz. And if you look at the play, Trey Brown doesn't doesn't act like he's blitzing at all. He, he's not he's not giving the play away. Yeah. He's, he's lined up. But, I mean, when you blitz probably the fastest player in that secondary, you know, it it's going to come home. Especially when you haven't really done that at all all season. You haven't seen Trey Brown on a blitz. You know, if you have, it's been it's been very few moments. And so, in my eyes, that was the play that, that really sealed the game because you knew OU's offense was gonna was gonna drive down the floor. You you knew that Kyler Murray was gonna lead this team to a touchdown. Yeah, um, Colin Johnson caught a touchdown over Trey Brown, and it was just I mean, it was after about ten seconds of Ellinger in the pocket, and it just barely went over his fingertips to an NFL future NFL wide receiver. He's a junior this year. I would assume he's going to the draft. He had an amazing season. Colin Johnson did. Uh, for the for the Texas Longhorns and I want to talk about the OU defense real quick before we move on to, yeah. to some other things some memes and things OU holding Texas to 88 yards rushing that's well below their season average I think that was a big deal in this game yeah it was huge and you know it seemed like when OU came out they said we're gonna give Elliger you know some of these some of these dink and dunk type of runs and throws they they made sure that little Jordan Humphreys didn't beat him they made sure that that running back uh, in the backfield I think Ingram is his name he he didn't beat him it was more, all right, we're going to let Ellinger either run and we're going to try to take away little Jordan Humphrey and, and hope that, that we can contain him to Colin Johnson because you can't take away both those guys. Yeah, it was Watson and Ingram in the backfield for Texas that they yeah. try to attack. Uh, those guys combined went for 47 yards on 17 carries. And then Ellinger was actually their leading rusher. and He averaged 2.8 yards a carry. I yeah. mean, that's just, you're not going to get a long ways you know, averaging two two point eight yards a, uh, a carry when when you look at OU, who was averaging you know their season average is is like over almost over ten yards I believe. Yeah. So you just can't expect your defense to hold up all day. And their defense did a good job. Yeah. It, it held OU to 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 under forty. Yeah. Which I'm sure if Texas fans were told before the game, hey, you're gonna hold OU under forty, they're probably thinking we're gonna win that game. Yeah. And and what you know, don't get it twisted. What Texas's defense did good in, the, in almost great in that first half. Made the game very slow, tempo-wise. They subbed late. They, you know, they they did a lot of things just to slow up that OU offense, because as we've seen through 12 games, that OU offense is at its best 
when it's firing on all on all cylinders, they're going no huddle. They're they're playing with a lot of speed. Kyler Murray's getting guys up to the line. They're going fast, fast, fast tempo. Got got the right person on the field. They can do whatever out of almost any formation. You've seen what Lincoln Riley can do. So Texas did a good job of kind of slowing the game up in the first half, which just Kyler just wasn't in rhythm. You know, he had some over overthrows, some underthrows. He missed Hollywood a few times on what would have been a few walk-in touchdowns. But that last drive of the first half, you could tell that he got in a rhythm because they were able to play fast. Oh, they went he real just, fast. And he just ran with that. Well, let's talk about that drive for a minute. It's right before the halftime, OU's down 13-14. to 14. Uh, Kyler Murray just takes out there with a minute left in the game. I, I really think this is his Heisman moment. Goes right down the field with tempo, like you said. Uh, there was a play that was really close on, on the sideline where CeeDee Lamb drug a toe. It was a heck of a Perfect catch. Perfect NFL-type catch. And then they got up to the line quick, tried to run the ball just to make sure they couldn't review the play. It would have been completed anyways. But as a team, you probably – I think a lot of these college teams are adopting this. They're, the coach is just calling something like a quick or whatever, and yeah. that's, a, that's a run up the middle they always. they got seven or eight yards and off of it. And they got seven or eight yards off of it. But my thing is that's a run up the middle with no timeouts left with like 30 seconds left in the game. Brecken Hagar gets – Pancaked. Remember, yeah. he's the trash talker, the guy with the pigtails. Yeah. He gets pancaked, and he doesn't like it. So he grabs the OU guy as he's trying to get up and pulls his face mask and tries to punch him and everything else. He gets a personal foul, stops the clock, moves OU to like the 15-yard line, and Grant Calcutta scores over the middle on the next play. What a perfect throw from, from Kyler. Yeah, Kyler really, to me, we can talk about it for a second, had his Heisman moments in this game. I just, I mean, there's some other statement games that he made. West Virginia, he made some amazing plays, uh, that throw on fourth down. Or the, or the, you know, the 75 yard run. Right, yeah. yeah, he made some amazing plays in that game as well. But this game, um, he shifted momentum so many times. There were several times, there was one play that was really, uh, one of the Texas linebackers had him in the backfield, number 33, basically got a free run at him. And Kyler made one little sidestep, and that dude was on his, just on his face. And Kyler made a little throw over the middle for a first down. Kyler made tons of plays. I really loved the tempo they played with in that drive uh, before the half is while we're talking about that. I think OU played a little bit slower in general, tried to help that defense get a little bit more rest. Um, but for whatever reason, that last drive, that tempo just caught Texas so off guard. It went right down the field and gave them so much confidence going into halftime. But the defense playing the way they played, in my opinion, before we wrap the Texas talk up, the defense playing the way they played was really the big difference in this game. Oh, yeah, without question, because, again, we've seen this offense put up 40-plus for four or five straight games, and it's come to be the norm, but but if, if they don't have to, which, granted, 39 is just you know one point away from 40, right. so the stat is kind of skewed for, for better or for worse. But, but the defense only giving up 27 to a Texas team that put up 48 on them middle of the season is is huge. You had guys, I think, you know, Ronnie Perkins, the freshman defensive end, got consistent pressure. Bledsoe and Gallimore were great. Gallimore was perfect in, in, in run stopping him in the middle. He's really, he's really, you know, carved his role in this team the second half of the season with how he's been able to, to plug up the middle and stop the run. Yeah, there was a game, and I can't even remember where it was now, where he was out. May have even been Kansas or somebody like that, and Kansas really ran the ball well against OU. I think it was Kansas. And that's because Neville Gallimore was out. He's he's really a big confidence booster in that defense, I feel like. When he's in the game, Bledsoe plays better. Kenneth Mann plays better. A lot of those guys along the defensive line play better. So I agree with that. I think having him was great. Before we wrap up Texas talk, let's talk a little Breck and Hager. Yeah. 
Brecken Hager. Brecken Hager sounds like the name of a Starbucks barista uh, who gets your order wrong every time you go there. I can't. The name Brecken, B-R-E-C-K-Y-N, is just... It's hit because he spells it with a Y. It's so gross. Who <laughs> who, who does this? I can't... That's And that that's by itself. If he was a good dude, outside of his, his, his name, you know, that is what it is. You know, he's just got a crappy name or, or, or a goofy name. But this dude is a terrible person. He talked so much trash about OU to the point where the Big 12 got involved and asked him to apologize. He said basically, OU sucks. OU doesn't play any defense, which is just rivalry talk. It is what it is. Oh. But it, but none of the OU guys did that is what I'm getting at. And he he took it upon himself to do that. Got the offense fired up, thanks, th- and the defense for that matter uh, fired up. So thankful. But he got pancaked so many times oh, yeah. in this game. He had one tackle. He's a starting defensive end. He got one tackle. The entire game, he got pancaked from just from my count, and I was just watching uh, Mr. McIntosh. Shout out to him, his yeah. little highlight <laughs> OU yeah. highlight video that he made of the game. It's like 20 minutes long, and that video itself, he gets pancaked at least four times. I was gonna say for the game, it felt like it was six or seven. Just every time you looked up, you saw him flat on his back, and you actually it was hard to see him because he's the OU lineman was finishing the block and you just, just on see, top of him. You see cleats underneath an offensive lineman yes. and you just assume it's him. <laughs> that poor dude. He got pancaked so many times and after talking all that trash is hilarious. We actually tweeted out a video uh, yeah. of the day we're recording Monday uh, a, a play where it was just it was in the fourth quarter with, with a little under uh, three minutes left in the game. OU on their final drive. They run the ball right at him and Cody Ford just I mean it was like the pancake of all pancakes. Just <laughs> I mean, and the, he pancaked him so bad. The run was right by him. It was only like a four-yard run. He he doesn't even try to help on the tackle. He just kind of rolls over and like is adjusting his helmet. And you see Kennedy Brooks kind of fall down right by him. He didn't even put his arm out. He didn't do anything. They broke his will that game, which was hilarious. After the game, OU's kicker uh, Austin Seibert tweeted him. He said like "sup at Brecken 44" yeah, I saw with that. like eyes emoji. And I click his account, and he deleted his account after the game. Yep, he's. He's off of Twitter, at least for the foreseeable future. I mean, you can't talk that much smack and then get beat that bad, not just as a team, but on an individual basis, just in, in one-on-one performance with the lineman, with the with a fullback, with the with a running back. You can't get beat that bad, have one tackle and have very minimal impact on the game and not expect Gooner Nation to come <laughs> after you in full force. Well, it's like he preemptively knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. I like to think right after the game, you know, he doesn't shake any hands because he's a bad sport and his name's Brecken. But then he goes to the locker room and he instantly just goes to Twitter and like the menu and does all the things and deactivate. Like he didn't even wait for Gooner Twitter to come at him. He was like, I know I got pancakes. The back of my jersey is a lot more dirty than the front. I'm not going to take this. I'm going to delete my account right now. It is hilarious to me, yeah. and uh, oh, I just love it so much. Yeah, I like to think that that after that play, after the face mask, and gave OU great field position with 23 seconds left to score. It the stopped touchdown. the clock. Stop the clock. Stopped OU the had clock. zero timeouts. Yeah, that was it, a huge, it a was huge, huge deal on that half. Yeah, I like. OU had to use all their timeouts in the first quarter. Yeah, I like to think that he was in the locker room before you get into your position meetings. He kind of whipped his phone out real quick and. It went and deactivated it right right at halftime, he's just try- preemptively. Yeah, he's, he's trying to f- hide the phone from the yeah, coaches in the yeah. locker. He's just he's just sitting there. Yeah, it, it looks like the rust gift when he's trying to get a snack on the bench. <laughs> like we've yep. come full circle. Yep. But. Yep. Okay. Well, let's let's put a bow on that. OU four straight Big Twelve titles. They've won more Big Twelve titles in a row than Texas has ever won, or anyone else in the Big Twelve for that matter. But it's funny. It's more fun to make fun of Texas, I guess, is what oh, I'm yeah. getting. At. I don't want to make fun of Kansas State. 
when Bill Snyder, even though he just retired. Rip Bill. Yeah. He had a good run. Uh, he's still alive. Wait a minute. Let, yeah, let me not say that because he's like 90 years old. He People just retired. He's idea. fine. He's fine. <laughs> Bill Snyder's fine. All right. Let's talk college football playoff. Um, your OU uh, Sooners are going to be the number four seed taking on the number one seed Alabama Crimson Tide in the Orange Bowl. Before we talk about that, two Clemson playing number three Notre Dame in Arlington at Jerry World. Yeah. Um, but who cares about that game? It'll sort itself out. Oh, you got Bama. <laughs> oh, you got Bama. We want Bama. Every team holds up sign at game day saying we want Bama and we finally got them. We got them right where we want them. I can't wait to see that. Uh, and I'm excited. I think OU's um, offense is going to put up numbers on that on that defense. And I think for all those SEC homers out there, I can't wait for them to see it. I saw a tweet that said, um, it doesn't matter what OU's offense does because Bama will score a million points. His prediction was a Bama 1 million, OU 35. So I'm going to go at that man regardless of the final score because I know Bama's not going to score a million points. Yeah. He's going to feel very bad. I'm going to try to get him to delete his account. I will let you guys know if it works out or not. <laughs> we'll keep you updated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to get that guy to delete his account. Oh, um, See great. what I can do, but... Yeah, there was a lot of campaigning that last Saturday. Um, you were you were here with me at the house watching those games. Uh, and thank goodness no one else was here because we were going kind of nuts yeah. uh, there for a while. And uh, it was slightly embarrassing, but nobody saw us, so we're good. Uh, we were talking trash to the players, even though they couldn't hear us. I mean, yeah. the full nine, I mean, just going hard. We were putting horns down. I mean, the, oh, whole, yeah. the whole nine. So we watched the Georgia-Bama game, the SEC championship, right after that. Uh, Georgia's up. 14 a couple different times in that game. Two is horrible. Tua has two two interceptions and he's and his completion rate's like 40% in the game. He was horrible. When their team got down, they did two things. Number one, they ran the ball. There was a drive where they ran the ball. They were down 14 points. They ran the ball five times straight and yep. scored a touchdown. He, Tua didn't even touch the ball. And then the second time, he was hurt. So they just let Hurts do it and it was just a bunch of runs again. Yeah. Inevitably... Uh, Tua comes out of the game, limps out of the game. They're still down 14, I think, at the time. Hertz leaves them all the way back and gets them the victory. Uh, last minute, they end up winning by seven points. And I want to say something. Bama's defense gave up more points than OU's defense did. So, I mean, explain that. Yep, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I mean, so in that day, this is part of the reason that day was so perfect for OU. You kind of feel like after seeing Ohio State struggle for 99% of the game with Northwestern, OU's in. Not only is OU in, Kyler may have won the Heisman right there. Yeah, uh, Kyler definitely did exactly what he needed to do to win the Heisman. But not only that, Tua did exactly what he needed to do to, to lose it. it. Yeah. You know, and which the only thing that, that worries me is that Heisman voting started a few days ago. So some obviously the SEC homers, the guys down in the South are, are going to have already casted their vote for Tua regardless what would have happened. Yeah. Regardless how electric Kyler Murray is through the run and through the pass. 418 yards, three touchdowns total. Yeah, you know, it's light work for him. And then Tua had like 160 yards and a touchdown and two interceptions and like less than 50% completion, something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it should be Kyler for the Heisman, but, it's your, but you're right. It's It was a perfect storm, and, and I got really worried, honestly. Georgia goes up, what, 28-14, I think? Yeah. And in my head, in my head, I'm thinking, if Georgia scores again, I've just got to hope for Alabama just to get blown out 50-something to yeah. 20. Yeah, it's either got to be a blowout or a Bama win yeah. to, for OU to get and, in. And honestly, I didn't think, I mean, I, did, I didn't ever doubt Bama because it's Bama and Georgia's Georgia, you know, but... I was worried. I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like I thought, I thought, well, if they score again, they're going to put up 50 and hope that, 
you know, a 56-21 win for Georgia is enough for people to look at Alabama and say, oh, they don't deserve to be in, which I knew wasn't going to happen. And so I'm just I'm glad Alabama got the win, as rare as that is for me to say. Yeah, um, roll I'm, tide. Roll tide. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that that happened because that inevitably helped OU with a great win over a rival who they've played twice in a year, who was a top 15 team in the in the country to sneak in at number four and and have Alabama here in this Orange Bowl. Yeah, so let's talk about the weirdest thing that happened before we wrap up this 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 uh, edition. Oh, I'm ready. The weirdest thing was that Georgia lost and Kirk Herbstreet went on a crusade. Actually, he's to be fair, he started that morning on college game day. He said, if Georgia loses a close game, they deserve to be in over OU and Ohio State no matter what they do today. A two-loss Georgia who wasn't a conference champion that lost their two biggest games of the season should be in if they if they lose a close game. And obviously, if they win, they were number four. So yeah, I mean, they were going to stay in. But it was a hilarious narrative, and he pushed it so hard. He really, like, he's been kind of the good guy. Like, if you if you think about pro wrestling, he was, like, the hero. Yeah. He was the good dude. And then all of a sudden, he, like, turned super heel. This was his he heel He was turn. cutting people off. He was yelling. He was he was he was quote tweeting people saying no Bama deserves to be in you idiot you know that type of guy. Yeah, it was just such a weird turn for him. He was not letting anybody say anything different. He was cutting people off. He wanted Georgia in that playoff so bad. Not only did he want them in, he wanted them to move Three. up over an undefeated team because they lost to Bama by only seven. Yeah, and and here's my thing: if if in his if wins and losses don't really matter, then why are you playing the games? Yep. Yep. And and the thing that I get tired of with the SEC and with and with a team like Georgia is that they play cupcakes. Their yeah. their three non conference games were Middle Tennessee State, Austin P, and UMass. UMass. They also played Georgia Tech. They, but yeah, that's, which is that's an essentially robbery. That's essentially a cupcake. They, yeah, they're bad. Yeah, uh, and I understand that game because it's a robbery, whatever. Not only that, they play one less. Uh, I believe one less conference game a they year. They have to. They have to. Yep. And so you're already playing cupcake teams, plus you're playing one less conference game a year, and you're going to go – I don't care if you're going to or being at home against LSU. If you're an elite team, you don't lose by 20 to that right. team. Well, the other thing is those are your two biggest games. You win one of those, you're probably in the playoff. They lost both. Yeah. Your best wins are against an overrated Florida team who – And Kentucky. Is not good. And then Kentucky who was, you know, just kind of – just kind of a flash in the pan. They were look, a one-dimensional team. Yeah, that look, got they, they could run. Yeah, you know, and I, and I like Kentucky. Their quarterbacks from up in Dell City. You know, he's a local guy. And he's a Stoops coach. Yeah, and and so like I, you know, like that team got a good DN, whatever. But but that's not. They're not a. There might be a top fifteen team if you slide them in at fifteen. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, they're they're not a top ten team by any stretch. Florida shouldn't be a top ten team. LSU, you can make an argument for, but they should not. With I mean, with their losses, they kind of they kind of dove down at the tail end of the season it's just the the sec was overrated from the jump and when you play such a weak non-conference schedule and and you're not winning convincingly or losing convincingly like i think that was the biggest thing with the committee they looked at losses more than wins yeah so so ou's one loss or you, and you can say worst loss best loss because it's their only loss is is against a rival on a neutral field by three points. A last second field a goal. A last second field goal. Not just like they didn't score in garbage time to make it look close. It's a last second field goal. Ohio State's worst loss was to a six and six Purdue team by twenty nine. Mm-hmm. It was a butt whooping. Georgia's is to LSU by twenty. Like and they lost to Bama. Exactly, too. and they, they lost to Bama. Lost. Like and and so I just don't, I don't get like why the push was so hard. And I know like everyone's saying I test I test I test. And while you want to look at that, it's. It's so subjective. Yeah, that that's that can be easily biased. Yeah. 
so yeah we were spinning up a little bit on that we we, we made a joke out of it because at the end of the day you look at the resumes and you can kind of tell OU is going to get in but there's still that little bit of uneasiness and and luckily OU is in so we'll be previewing that matchup with Bama a lot more as we go down the road we've got yeah. till December 29th to talk about it so get excited Sooner fans I told you guys to hang in there all season uh, and this defense got better. Uh, Kyler's likely going to win the Heisman, in my opinion, uh, as long as too many people didn't turn in their votes before that last game. But uh, we'll see. Yep. Get excited. Uh, we got a couple cool things down the pipe. We're doing this audio-only thing now, so we're hooked up on Spotify. Thanks to Red Door Creative for that one. Shouts uh, to Red Door. They're making all this possible, so it's it's been pretty awesome. We're also on Apple Podcast, And then if you really insist, we're also on, uh, on uh, SoundCloud. So if you really don't have access to either one of those two things yeah. you can also find us on soundcloud so we'll be tweeting these links guys. out yeah. uh, at okay sports podcast we'll always have that stuff and that's where you can find our tweet that's gone, gone semi-viral yeah. it's been kind of fun uh just just to play where breck and hager got destroyed so if you really want to watch a guy with pigtails get uh, driven into the ground check that out on uh on twitter yeah i really wish you could have seen it but he doesn't have a twitter anymore so yeah he deleted his account that's right he can't even see his own fail i know Wow. All right. Well, thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for giving us a listen. Yeah, we appreciate you.